For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome, everybody, to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I am Jeff C., and I'm joined by my great co-host, Grace Kelly. I'm Grace Kelly. Grace Duffy. I'm sorry. Grace Kelly is joining us from beyond the – no. It's, from it's, beyond do the not, do not Do not try to adjust your set. Eric is not here. It's like – it pretty is like Beauties and the Beast. Uh, it's a tale as old as time. But um, this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media – we bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we're exploring how Instagram's new in-app in-app checkout and polling and sponsored story with the always super smart Rebecca Radis. We'd love for you guys to share this wherever you're watching it at. Share it out on the socials. Um, and also, if you missed Social Media Marketing World, we are so sad you missed it. It was an incredible time. It was a, buying a blur. But you can get great content just even even Rebecca's session. You can get it by going and getting the virtual ticket at Social Media Marketing World. It's the URL of socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash virtual 19. That's socialmediaexaminer.com slash virtual 19. And all of the links that we're going to be talking about today are going to be available on the Social Media Examiner site. And the post publishes on Saturday at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. So fresh from Social Media Marketing World 19. She was the speaker on how to make your visual content your social media secret weapon. I went into the session. It was incredible. It's Rebecca Radice, who is the founder of Radiant LA, a digital marketing training and develop company. She's author of The Social Media Master, Mastery, a comprehensive guide to strategic growth. She's an international keynote speaker and creator of the Prep Performance Method. And now she's the product marketing specialist at Tailwind your end-to-end solution for Instagram and Pinterest marketing. And you can find all about her on her website at RebeccaRadice.com and on the socials at Rebecca Radice. Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. That was a super long intro, but thank you guys for hanging with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Grace, get us started on the news because we have a ton of Instagram stuff and uh, Rebecca is super knowledgeable on this. She's one of my go-to people whenever I have questions. So kind of break down to this first uh, news story that we're going to be talking about. Well, this has been, this broke while, while we were all at Social Media Marketing World. So this is a huge deal. Instagram launched in-app checkout. So that means that you can be shopping, 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 on like looking at products on Instagram and click on them and buy them right then and there without leaving the app. And so I think right now this is available to, uh, it's in a beta test right now for testing brands, but it is, uh, and it's only available in the U.S., right, Rebecca? Right. Correct. Yeah. So it's rolling out to uh, 20 plus different brands, everything from uh, Kylie Cosmetics, which does have it. I was playing around with it yesterday. Um, Adidas. So a lot of your favorite brands are going to get this. And I so agree with you, Grace. It's huge news uh, and very exciting news for brands that are looking to Keep people right there on Instagram, capture them, you know, as you're looking at those products, we used to, and we still do, you know, what the majority of brands have to click out to the website in order to purchase. And so this now allows people to stay right on Instagram where they're comfortable uh, and check out purchase without having to, you know, go anywhere else. You know, one of the cool things I saw on this, on some of the screenshots they were showing, which I thought was really fabulous, was that, um, one, they're reducing the friction between, you know, the the people who are viewing on Instagram and then, you know, wanting to buy the product. But also that once you did that, you would get, like, notifications, like, when the item shipped. And I thought that was really cool that that's going to be 
all in the app. Um, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, is that, you think that's a game changer for Instagram? I mean, having everything. Yeah. I mean, you don't go anywhere. Right. Exactly. Uh, and yes, I do. Um, I think it is for brands in a lot of different ways. Uh, obviously, very exciting for brands to be able to uh, potentially keep people there purchasing instead of that potential to click out, decide that, well, you know, you changed your mind. Um, and they're really making it a seamless process where the first time you go through, you're going to put in your information, so your address. Uh, you do have the opportunity to use a credit card, so Visa, MasterCard. But they've also partnered with PayPal, uh, which is pretty cool as well. So for people that don't feel quite comfortable putting their credit card information in, uh, PayPal is a very easy option. And then all of that information, if you want it to be saved, is automatically saved for your next purchase. So next time you go to purchase, and this is going to be a really scary thing for me. I mean, it's hard enough to scroll through the shopping feed without buy, 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 buy. And now, yeah, they've just, as you said, Jeff, they have uh, really gotten rid of any friction between us taking that next step and actually purchasing. I was looking at Warby Parker yesterday and I'm like, oh, I need these glasses. <laughs> and it's so easy to go through the process. Right. Oh, and yeah. I think I mean, that's going to be a, a, I just think around like Christmas. I mean, I, we all buy stuff straight from Instagram. I mean, Instagram is actually one of the places where I find a lot of cool apps from. For some reason, the targeting works really well. And I go in there and mm -hmm. I end up buying them, the apps. So uh, I think like around Christmas, you know, when, when purchaser, I mean, um, e-commerce sites are able to put more of this. And they said it's going to, it looks like it's probably going to roll out eventually to places like Shopify and Big Commerce, right. which I think is going to be huge because, I love Shopify because it is so easy to, to have an e-commerce store. It's easy to push products to uh, like, looks like to Instagram because you can do the shoppable posts now. But that's one of the things I wanted to ask you, Rebecca, what's the, the real difference between shoppable posts, which it's really almost pretty recent news anyway, and right. this? Yeah, so it is very recent news. So shoppable posts had just rolled out last March. So we're just coming up on a year. And that is exactly what we're dealing with now, where it's a very easy way for your favorite brand to tag products and then direct you over to those products on their website. And the difference is that friction we're talking about. So it's the simplicity in that checkout process. So from Today on forward with these 20 plus brands that it's rolling out to, uh, if you go over to Kylie Cosmetics, for example, and you click on one of those shoppable posts, you're actually going to see a new option that says check out on Instagram. So instead of having to click over to the website, you can just click on that. And that's what I was talking about, where now you can just put your information right in there and you can purchase. And how okay. soon do you think this will be rolling out to all brands? I mean, because right now it's just being tested with these 20 top brands. And I wanted to mention, if you want a list of these ads, our, our listeners or our viewers, uh, you can find this at Instagram's Info Center blog. And we'll be dropping the link in the uh, chat here. And then it'll also be in the article. But how soon do you think this will be rolling out to other brands? You know, there, there's no date, but just based off of how Instagram rolls out these beta features, they're usually pretty quick. Uh, so I would imagine they're going to continue their testing, which is exactly what they've been doing. Um, and I, I would be willing to bet we'll see this pretty quick. So this is the, the kind of the next question because, you know, yes, brands are probably salivating going, oh, gosh, I want this so bad, uh, especially if you have any sort of product or e-commerce store. The, then the question will be, you know, how soon we'll be able to use this checkout button on ads? Because as yeah. soon as this rolls out, I know people are going to be wanting to be like, hey, I've got this on sale or I need to get this out of my inventory. I want to advertise it and, and, you know, get it really pushed out to a lot more people. 
Uh, do you think that's going to be right around the corner? Absolutely. That is the obvious next step for us to be able to utilize that with an ad. So again, there's no date as far as when this will roll out. But yeah, I definitely see that as the the second piece within that that brands are going to be salivating for because just think, think of the possibilities within that. Right. Absolutely. And And just to clarify, this is this is just on a brand's organic post for right now, right? Like it's right. not, they, it's not part, like Jeff was saying, it's not part of their ads. Okay. Correct. Yeah. All right. And I think also it'll be really cool when brands can, oh, sorry, little, I'm going through puberty. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Just started puberty to notice Friday. girls. Um, yeah. So um, I'm going to have hair. Um, the thing is, um, you know, with all this stuff that's going on, and Grace and I were talking about this earlier, you know, and you mentioned, Rebecca, putting all your information there on Instagram and having it really easy to check out. What about Facebook, who owns Instagram, getting in trouble with the security issues? I mean, that, they've kind of got to get over that PR nightmare because, you know, they're, they're saving stuff in text files. And now they're wanting us to put our credit card on uh, Instagram, which is their, owned by them. So should we be worried about the security issues uh, on Instagram? Well, you know, certainly, yeah, <laughs> there is a precedent, as you just mentioned, um, which uh, is why I mentioned uh, PayPal as an mm-hmm. option. And certainly PayPal's had their own issues, too. Um, for now, Instagram has said that any information that you are putting into Instagram uh, is not being shared with anybody. Whether or not you believe that <laughs> is yeah. another question. Um, but as as of right now, that is what they've publicly stated, that your information is safe and secure. Um, it's not being sold to anybody at this point. Uh, they certainly employ several different safeguards within their security and I would really uh, encourage people to read up on what does that authentication look like? How are they securing your financial information? And do you feel comfortable? Uh, obviously, we've all been adding in our credit card information on Facebook for many, many years uh, with Facebook ads. And so this is just kind of transferring, I think, that trust that we have or have not placed in Facebook over to Instagram. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a real test to see right. how they manage this um, and to see what they've learned throughout all of their security and financial challenges that they faced over at Facebook. But obviously, anytime uh, you're doing business online, you got to be very smart about who you're giving your information to, how you're going about doing that. Uh, and there's always that chance, as we found with a, a good friend of ours just over the last right. couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah there is always there are always bad people out there wanting to do bad things. So there's always going to be that threat. And I want to bring up a comment from a Geek's Life, David Foster, I believe. Uh, he says he adds his credit card everywhere, but he uses a service called Privacy.com, and he can create the, his own numbers and, and use it that way. So that's an option as well. The other question as we wrap up the section. Oh, by the way, if you guys do have questions, uh, wherever you're watching this at, make sure to add that in there and we will try to answer that today on the show. But one of the things that uh, I'm sure everybody's kind of asking themselves, how much is this going to cost? Is this going to be if I want to have these kind of uh, checkout buttons, how one is Instagram making their money? And am I going to have to pay that as the like e-commerce store? How is that going to work? Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Um, And yes, uh, there is a fee associated with this. So as a brand, you will incur a fee, um, which is at this point, they're saying money that's going to pay to cover, you know, future future releases, etc. But yeah, I I, I think we all saw this coming, kind of saw the writing on the wall that this was inevitable with Instagram. Yeah. yeah, and it sounds like they're making the brands pay for it rather than the consumers. Sure. That is and correct. So we won't yeah. be having a convenience fee. We correct. have one more question from the Facebook uh, pay, uh, Facebook site page. Sorry, wherever we're at. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that yeah. location yeah. where we're live. I, I don't yeah. know that place where we're live. Yeah. I've lost all my words. Anyway, uh, so Rebecca Ward asks, Will they still need Shopify? Will brands need still need Shopify or is that going to be redundant here on out once this rolls out more broadly? 
Yeah, that's another great question. But I think to Jeff's point with the integration of places like Shopify and Etsy, it's only going to expand uh, what you're able to do. And from an e-commerce standpoint, it's just going to simplify your entire workflow. So no, I I don't think it's going to be a a moot point. I don't think it's going to be redundant. I think it's going to be an enormous help where maybe you're feeling a little, you know, spread out, like you're juggling a lot of different apps and locations and ways for people to come into your funnel. And instead, I I think this is going to pull it all together in one nice, neat package. Absolutely. And we did have a question about Etsy in the Crowdcast. So I'm glad you caught that and was able to answer that as well. You know, what? talking about privacy, I think all of this is a very interesting conversation as we saw what Apple just announced. And it will be interesting to me to see if Facebook and um, Instagram really take a cue from that and move towards uh, just more secure or more security focused uh, in terms of our credit card information, all of that data, that information that we're handing over. Absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. So, Grace, what's this next? I mean, as more, there's more <laughs> Instagram news rolling out. <laughs> um, they just went crazy. Like, it seems like since we're gone. So, yeah, oh, my gosh. I know. This so interactive Instagram, polling. Talk about Yeah. Yeah. So, Instagram added interactive polling into the into sponsored story. So, that is the Instagram app, in story ad. Sorry. Uh, so, they are beginning to, so they're wanting to add more interactive elements because they're seeing more and more brands integrating a lot of these interactive experiences. And we're talking like hashtags, at mentions, the polling, a lot of these other features into their story. So now they're allowing brands to add these to their ads and they're beginning with the polling sticker. So this has been rolling out, I believe it's rolling out this week. And um, they said that you can just go to ads manager, choose your Instagram story as your only ad placement. And then from there upload what, you know, whatever you'd normally upload for your story and then add a poll to it. So I'm excited about this and I'd love to hear Rebecca's take on it. Like what, are you excited? What, what are you thinking about? on this? So Yeah, I, I, I'm very excited about this for that exact reason you just mentioned, the opportunities to create a, a more immersive, interactive uh, experience where you can really start to engage your audience. And this did roll out uh, to everybody as of Tuesday. And I actually stumbled upon it. I think it was Dunkin' Donuts that I was doing some research for uh, in Instagram video size and dimensions uh, uh, posts that I just put together this week. And I, I was like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> cool new feature. So uh, it is definitely out there. And I think it's going to be a great way, like I said, to uh, better shine a spotlight on the personality of the brand to uh, do more kind of one-to-one conversational type ads with our audience um, and get them into the narrative of that story as well. So lots of different opportunities, but I think this is going to be a pretty cool feature. So I wanted the- to share some stats from oh, the, because they were testing, they're beta testing this with a group, uh, a small group. And they said that nine out of the 10 campaigns in which this feature, the polling sticker in an interact in a stories ad was being tested. Nine out of 10 increased their th- three second video views, right? Uh, one brand saw a 20% lower cost per video viewing in the testing period. And another, a mobile gaming company actually drove 40% more app installs during the testing period. So it just proves that these polling stickers are effective, whatever your campaign goals might be. Yeah, and I think that's another great point that it doesn't matter what your industry, what your vertical, uh, there's just so many creative different ways, and you just listed three, um, that people can use these. And I think it just expands upon, uh, you know, those days where you're stumped and having a tough time coming up with maybe an ad creative, and this gives you a lot more flexibility. Yeah. So how do... How do we add interactive polls to our sponsored stories now? Like, what is the way to do that? 
Yeah, it's super easy. So it's right within your ad manager and you are choosing stories as your only ad placement. And then that option is going to come up for you to be able to add that in there. So the nice part is it's what you're already comfortable with um, being right within your ads manager. And if you're using stories already, uh, it's yeah, it's just really one additional feature within that. Cool. One of the, the things I thought was interesting, and it's probably because grubby marketers like us would ruin it, they only released one of the interactive things. I mean, they could have done like the slider one and some of the other ones, but they just they just did the the uh, the kind of that polls where you have two options. I thought that was really interesting. Um, do, what I mean, Rebecca, do you think they're just gonna? This is kind of a test, and once it rolls out, they're gonna release all the other ones because I think the more that brands can actually have tools to be interactive was going to help not only just Instagram, but also those brands. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, As we just mentioned, they've been doing their demoing, testing, really seeing what the effectiveness of these are. And I think we're going to see that they'll continue to release those out because yes, not only do we as marketers want all the things, all the toys, uh, but so do brands and brands are going to get pretty vocal as they start to see um, the benefits of utilizing this type of of interactive ad. So I think it's exciting to be able to start to dip your toe in the water, test this out, and then see what additional pieces they start to roll out. Mm-hmm. So for all of us grubby marketers out there, what are some other ways that we can make our Instagram stories, whether they're organic or ads? Like, again, because this is a, a feature that is available to everyone, but only they're only limiting the polls to ads. But what's a way that we can make our stories more interactive? Uh, You know, Target is a a great example. I don't know if you've spent much time paying any attention to uh, their Instagram or Instagram stories, um, but they do a a terrific job with creating very interactive seasonal stories uh, and ads around. So for right now, they're very heavy into Easter. Um, And I know we talk a lot about, you know, the difference between Pinterest and say Instagram and Pinterest is always light years ahead, months ahead as far as, you know, the seasonal items. But the cool news with Instagram is we're kind of real time, you know, within those uh, particular events that are coming up or special days. So using those to highlight either events or moments or uh, special anniversaries within your business or moments that matter to your audience or for those e-commerce brands, those uh, those dates like um, Easter, if they mean something significantly to your audience, is a great way to not only highlight the time of the year, um, but to bring your audience exactly what they're looking for. So, you know, it's just, I, I don't think you have to get out of the box creative. I think you just have to consider, like anything else when you're creating content, what's important to your audience, what's going on right now within the world that's topical to you, um, that is going to help you, help you through the power of, you know, the timing, uh, the season, whatever that might be, get in front of a whole new audience that might not know anything about you at this point. Those are great tips. Thanks, Rebecca. She's, Absolutely. she's awesome on Instagram. Um, so <laughs> she really is. Um, and I was just thinking, like, I don't think Target needs to, the brand needs to convince me to spend any more money there. Yeah, but. yeah, and, and that's surprising, right? You would think they've already built that no like and truck trust factor. So yeah. why even bother doing social media? Oh. And yet they're fantastic. I use them as an example mm-hmm. of just such a beautiful aesthetic and brand. But more than that incredibly creative in how yeah, they're interacting. Well, once yeah. they get the checkout feature, I'm just going to have to get off Instagram. Like, I just yeah, don't think right? I can afford it. it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just I'm can't. There. Like, sorry. Yeah, I was <laughs> sending my husband, I was doing some more research for uh, a webinar I'm putting together on Instagram. And I was working this morning. I'm like, okay, I am going to have to get off Instagram at this point <laughs> because I just want to buy, 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 buy. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that kind of segues into our next thing. Uh, Instagram added uh, more transparency to influencer campaigns, right? So uh, this is a report from AdAge saying that Instagram is working with a new type of ad called branded content ads, which allows brands to sponsor posts created by celebrities, influencers, and publishers, and then promote them as they would any of their other ad efforts. So tell us a little bit more about this, because this sounds very familiar to what Facebook yeah. has been doing, right. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's it's uh, very similar, and it's exactly what we're comfortable with as far as that branded content. And as you said, it's just a, it, it was the logical next step for that transparency, that authenticity that we're looking for. And the great part about it is that before this, what was happening was influencers were sharing that branded content and it would be shared with their audience. Now, of course, as a brand, you could go behind that and you could uh, you could promote that as an ad. You could promote that on your channel but you didn't have that ability uh, to do it right within the app like we have with Facebook. So this now allows a brand to go in and do exactly what they've been doing on Facebook, um, which is promoting that particular post. So just putting money behind maybe that organic post. And I think what this does is just gives at least me as an audience um, even more visibility into those relationships. So I feel more at ease, more comfortable, um, and there's less confusion over wait a second, is there a partnership here? Is this paid? Is this an actual ad? Which we know there was so many problems with mm-hmm. that, with people just not disclosing properly, not understanding how to disclose. Mm-hmm. So I think they're really making yet another big push to solidify those relationships. Now, does it say, is it say like verbiage like, um, this is sponsored in, you know, in partnership with, you yes, know, the brand. Correct. Is that how it works? Okay. Yep. Yep. So you'll see exactly that. Okay. So I guess, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, it, you know, the FCC is cracking down on this stuff. And so it's important for that. But, I, you know, as a consumer, I'm like, well, does it matter that, you know, Rebecca is, is sponsored by whoever? Does that make a difference to me? I think that the biggest part of the puzzle was that now it's easy for people to spend money on ads for the you know, like if, if I hire Rebecca to, you know, be an influencer for me on Instagram, I I just don't have to, I can go in and actually spend money on that campaign and not have to do this weird kind of workaround stuff. So I think that's probably the the biggest part of the news. I do too. And, you know, it's interesting. I think back in the early days of influencer and influencer branded content, there was that concern of if I put ad, is, is it going to detract, you know, from my right. message or is it going to hinder my organic reach? And today I think it's quite the opposite. We want to know the truth. We want to know that there's a relationship between that influencer and that brand. And I don't think it diminishes the authenticity of that message at all, as long as it's relevant to your audience, as long as there's a natural alignment between the brand and that influencer. And I think we've been making a big push towards that. And I think this will continue that push where we want to know that our favorite celebrities are teaming up with people that we care about or brands that we care about and that there is just kind of that symbiotic relationship that we're not sitting there going, okay, this makes no sense. So is it just a money grab for them? That's where the inauthenticity comes in. So it would be like me, like if you'd say Jeff C sponsored by Gillette, which would never happen (laughs) by the way, because it's just, that's just wrong. So that's, that would be a disconnect (laughs) is what you're saying. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah, just needs to make sense. And, gotcha. uh, you know, as long as it does, I think we're all to the point where we're we're very comfortable with those relationships. Gotcha. Well, this next, it, this next piece of news is interesting uh, because this is an experimental feature that uh, Grace found. And it's that Instagram is testing a 14-day lockout on old na- usernames. So, of course, Grace and I were talking about it before the show. We're like, this is for all those people who, like... <laughs> 
you know, go have too many drinks after work. And they're like, oh, I'm changing my name to Jody. I love you. Come back. And, <laughs> and, that, and now you have and what was happening is people were doing that. And then these bots were coming and stealing their old name and they were just out of luck. But now yeah. there's this this 14 day lockout. So what are your thoughts on this? Becca? I think it's a good idea because these bots are a problem. But I think this really is a, a much needed feature. Yeah, I would completely agree. It's it's actually one of those that I went, huh, why didn't they do this a long time ago? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting that it took them this long to realize this might curtail some of the, the bot issues <laughs> and those sob story evenings, right. like you mentioned. Right. But yeah, I, I, I think it's a great idea. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I've dream, I've dreamed of like shows and and different ideas. I'm I'm not going to mention any of them in case they actually follow through. Where I'm just right. like the next day, I'm like, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> so I mean, I think it's uh, there. It seems like, and the funny thing is, this lady who found this out, uh, Jane uh, Wong, she's this coder, and she goes in and finds these features. She was getting like death threats. I was looking at her feed on mm. Twitter from these um, bot creators because this is part of their business. As they go, sure. somebody changes their name and changes it back, and, they, and then they grab it before they can change it back. And then they try to resell it either on the black market or back to the original user. Uh, so they were upset about this, that they were changing this. I didn't think it'd be that big a deal, but she was getting some horrible death threats because of this. And so it's um, not surprising. I yeah. I remember, you know, Shalene Johnson, of course, spoke at Social right. Media Marketing World. And if you recall, she had this exact situation happen where it took her quite some time to actually recover her account. And I think she had to start a whole new account. It yeah, was right. just a disaster. So we have a question from uh, Joyce Lynn. She is asking if, if this means that some names will be up for grabs again. And I just wanted to mention that this is a 14-day grace period. So mm -hmm. if you do change your username, supposedly, if this ro rolls out widely. Right now, it's just, I think it's something that uh, Instagram has confirmed and they're testing it. And it was right. one of those that uh, Jane found it within the code. She That's kind of her specialty. So, or that is her specialty, not kind of. It is her specialty. And so um, there's no telling. But when this, or if it does, it is 14 days. So after that 14-day period, if you haven't changed it back or whatever, it is. it will be up for grabs. Yeah. This so is something that I think we all wish Twitter would do a yes. long time ago. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there's, also, there's also a, we want to make sure there's a disclaimer. If you have a verified account, they've even warned you sh you may lose your verification if you change yeah. your name so yeah. even though you're hearing these rumors about a 14 day you know grace period if you have that blue check don't do nothing you know leave yeah. it there it um, does actually say it right there too so right. that's a great point yeah yeah, yeah don't, don't no don't give up that verification <laughs> No, you worked hard for it, and no one knows yeah. how you got it. Um, so, Grace, uh, go and go ahead and move us to the next news. Uh, is this another experimental feature, by the way? Yeah. So this is not confirmed, um, and it was just something that came up a few uh, a few weeks ago. But since we are talking about Instagram, I thought it was worth mentioning. And it goes into the next thing we're going to talk. The next next thing, uh, Instagram is testing a video co watching tool. So it, this was another thing that was found in the code, and it looks like. They are testing a, a co-watching feature similar to Facebook's watch party in groups. Um, and this is being tested inside Instagram direct messages, which would allow people, users, to watch a video together in the direct message. So, again, there weren't really any details. This was reported to us by TechCrunch or reported by TechCrunch. And so um, it, it'll just be really interesting. And this is another thing that Jane Wong had actually found as well. So, uh, it, there's no telling what we're going to do, but I mean, what do you think about this? This does this matter? Is is co-watching something people on Instagram are looking for? Jeff is saying no. <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, I still. I mean, I could be just old-fashioned, and I mean, maybe the, all the kids are doing it, but I just don't. Some Instagram to me seems like a place where you go and you consume content, and you have instant messages where you can talk back and forth to. I just don't see it needs to be a platform where people can watch videos together. Maybe I'm totally wrong. I mean, I just, I still think even Instagram live is kind of iffy for some people to do just because it just seems like a kind of a disconnect a little bit, but I just, I could be totally wrong. I have been before, but Rebecca, what, do you think there's a, a play here for watching videos together on Instagram? 
Yeah, you know, I could think of uh, a lot of different ways that, depending on how this rolls out, how we could use it. Um, just from, let's say, you're a business coach and you want to be able to create uh, a watch group for your coaching clients. So I think there's a lot of different ways you could consider using it. Um, feels like just another push towards video, which, right. as we know, video is huge, no matter what platform you're on. Um, it is interesting, the fact that they did not have the adoption that they had hoped for with IGTV. You have to wonder uh, if this is just another test to see if they can really make a video a go on the platform. Um, so yeah, I think it could be very interesting. I definitely think there could be a place for it, uh, especially as we see what Facebook Watch has done. Mm. Um, I think there were a lot of skeptics around that too, as to how well it would do, how well people would to it, adopt. Mm -hmm. um, but now you look at it and, you know, you've got people like Jada Pinkett Smith, who's got a phenomenal show, Will Smith now coming out with his own show. So as we see just more and more celebrities jump on board Facebook Watch, you've got to think that Instagram is over there salivating at their opportunity to do the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot more content being pushed to, uh, trying to get me to watch IGTV. I'll see stuff in the feed that'll say, you know, watch it yep. on IGTV. And so I think, I think there, I think even Grace said there's been some algorithm changes uh, on, on that, in that area to get us to try to watch more TV. Oh, yep. for sure. Yep. Absolutely. Well, it looks like Facebook, Facebook is also now with Facebook watch or watch parties, excuse me, is expanding that even further. So before it was only, uh, videos that are hosted on Facebook, right? So this show, we could, you know, we have a we have a little group watch thing in in, a, in our society group in in Facebook. But um, now the news is that they they announced that they are now letting people in groups watch live shows, and they're starting off with live sporting events. So they're starting off with the UEFA uh, championship championship league soccer matches, and it's giving sports fans an opportunity to watch, debate, commiserate together in their Facebook groups while watching their favorite matchups. So <laughs> that was uh, news that was reported this earlier this week. So this is the interesting thing, and I'm really interested on Rebecca's take on this, uh, because this makes this to me makes sense. Watching sports with people makes sense. But I had to read this again because I thought, oh, you, you're watching the live video inside of Facebook, but you're not. This is totally separate. This is, they're showing like the scores on Facebook, but you have to be watching live TV um, on your your channel. And it's almost like what we're seeing in Crowdcast here where people are watching us and they're commenting. So the comments would be, and all that stuff would be inside of Facebook. So what really Facebook is doing is taking other content and becoming the place where people comment on it in that watch party. So I just thought that was really fascinating that yeah. they're they're trying to find a way to like not have to pay for content. It's actually somebody else's content, but you can talk about it on Facebook, which <laughs> I just thought was really crazy. Yeah, yeah. So not only content creator, but content curator, right? Right. Where yeah. yeah, they're bringing you together. It is kind of a whole different level of fandom, though. Mm -hmm. We're <laughs> we're able to all come together watch it together and then interact together, which could be very interesting to see. And and I, I'm not surprised that they would roll this out um, to a sports channel first, because uh, we are kind of all crazy, you know, about our sports teams dependent on what you follow. And think about it, you know, for those people that don't necessarily live in their hometown anymore, but they're still a huge fan and love to immerse themselves into the experience of actually being there with people in their city or their hometown. Um, it could be a really fun experience. Absolutely. Yeah, well, see, I mean, Twitter used to be like the second screen, as everybody would talk about. Oh, yeah. That people would sit there. And like my son, he'll be watching the Dallas Cowboys, and he's sitting there tweeting up a storm, talking back and forth. And so this is kind of, I think, a play on that to become like the – 
the you know if you could do this inside of a group and you see the scores and they're talking about adding some in, interactive features like the scores will be up there and trivia will come up it's almost like when you go to uh, um, Buffalo Wild Wings and they have the trivias on the thing and you can, you're watching the game and you can, you know, do all this different stuff while you're watching the game. I kind of feel like that's what Facebook is trying to do inside of these, these watch party groups. Yeah. I think it's smart that they're starting with sports because that really is the last thing that watching live is a big deal. Right. So I well, used just, to, yeah. but, but think about like when the new game of Thrones rolls out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That's a perfect yeah. thing where people could sit there and, you know, watch it together and then have a place where they can comment. I mean, I mean, if TV shows were smart, they'd tie into this and have a, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, come to our group. Hey, we can advertise to you later. You know, all sorts of things could happen in those groups. Well, and I, I, yeah, I think it really speaks to everything we've been talking about in terms of creating that immersive, interactive experience. I was thinking about my husband, who's originally from the Chicago area, huge Chicago Cub fan. And so we have the At Bat app, which is super cool. The MLB, I think, has done such a great job in connecting you to your team. And just to be able to hear, you know, the guys call the game that you're accustomed to hearing and you're not having to listen to somebody else or watch something else. And I think this creates kind of that same experience where you feel as if you're there. You feel as if you're, you know, drinking beers with your buddies and watching the game. And it is kind of pulling from that idea of Twitter where we can just have that real-time conversation about what's going on with our favorite team. So, yeah, I I think, Grace, to your point, it's brilliant with sports. Well, I think streaming has taken uh, out a lot of that whole communal watching right. experience. So yes, I mean Game of Thrones is 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 a is a good example. But I mean, just I used to do this for like regular shows. I just someone mentioned in the comments scandal, like Twitter lights up when scandal is on. I'm like, well, yeah, because that's still a broadcast show, right? right. So right. I watch it a day later streaming. So yeah, <laughs> you and me both. I don't watch oh, anything yeah. live anymore. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, my life is a scandal, so I don't even watch it. So. Um, <laughs> No comment. There's also other news as well about uh, music because this is not just going for a TV show. They even announced something with Spotify, right, Grace? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there is a new integration with Spotify where you can, um, is it like now you can partner with Spotify to put music in your videos. Like because before there's a big yeah. issue where, and you see this a lot where someone will post a video of their kid dancing or whatever, and you have to say. I don't know if this is effective or not, but they will say, I don't own the rights to this music or, you know, this isn't my music. And then I've heard things about Facebook cracking down on, but they've also, they've also had these new part, all these partnerships, at least all last year. I mean, it was every few weeks. They, we were talking about a new partnership that they had with a big music, uh, music Mm -hmm. company that they now have access to that music. So I think that is just an expansion of that. And now it, it's in, this integration with Spotify allows you to find the music on Spotify as well. Yeah. So you, this is what Engadget said. You can um, attach a song to your profile, which I have no idea how to do, but then the visitors have the option to listen to the full song on Spotify. So, um, and they're supposed to be partnering with more in the near future. And um, it's just, I, I, they're, like you said, that's, you know, they're rolling it out. They're trying to buy the licensing's rights. So people don't run into that because nothing mm-hmm. keeps, people from posting stuff to Facebook, which they want because they want content, is if, you know, they have a song that, the, like you said, their child's dancing to and they can't use it because of copyright strikes and all that kind of stuff. So right. I think right. it's very interesting that they're doing all that. Absolutely. So, yeah, lots of exciting things. So we will we'll follow that story and continue to update you as it rolls out more. But yeah, I, I've started seeing the the whole music on the profiles thing, which is so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the next big piece of news, which I I know Rebecca is excited for as well, is Pinterest files for its IPO. Mm -hmm. What? Yes. So um, it's valued at, get this, uh, $12.3 billion with a B uh, in 2017. And so it's done all this stuff. Um, It's going to be under the stock uh, symbol pins, which is kind of cool. I think that's adorable. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought that should be in a mason jar. Then it'd be really like Pinterest. Um, oh, and then you get the fairy lights around it. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Uh, just like I'm going to decorate my office. Uh, it has roughly uh, doubled its monthly 
active user count since uh, 2016, and uh, it hit uh, 265 million late last year. And it's it's trimming the fat. It's it's really making some money. And so, uh, Rebecca, I would like you to talk about what this means for marketers because I have a feeling this year Pinterest is going to get a shot in the arm. They're going to roll out some new things to make this really attractive to investors. Love your thoughts on this. I would agree with that. I think it's uh, it's exciting as marketers to think about uh, what direction this is going to take them, what features we're going to see when you look back at, you know, a, a, a situation like Twitter and the year that they announced that they were going to go public, we saw a shot in the arm, just like you're talking about here. Very exciting year within Twitter growth. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think it's also going to help us kind of clarify what the heck is Pinterest. You know, I think people have talked about this for so many years. Of is it a social channel? Is it an e-commerce channel? Is it a search channel? Um, right. And Pinterest themselves have come out and said, you know, we are not a, a social media platform. So my hope is that this also offers a lot of clarity around the brand and what their positioning is within the market. And I, I think that alone is going to be a nice shot on the arm for them where they're probably going to get some user adoption out of it that is going to be, you know, for people that were a little unclear, why the heck would I even use Pinterest? And right. I still, it's amazing to me a decade later that people are still wondering what the platform is all about, why you would even use it mm -hmm. as a marketer or as a business and how do you use it? So I, I see this as just all good, good for us, yeah. good for them, good for the end user. That's right. And this is something I, uh, when I was researching this, that I did not know, but this stat was according to the profit brand relevance index, Pinterest is the third most relevant brand in the United States, which mm -hmm. I thought, wow, that's pretty uh, Im impressive. And then also this article went on to say from an online uh, brand advertising perspective, 90% of the top 1000 searches on Pinterest. And that goes back to what you're saying, Rebecca, that it's a discovery engine more of a search engine than it is a social network, that, that the top 1,000 searches on Pinterest are unbranded. So that's really attractive to advertisers um, because, you know, Pinterest is where people go to buy and to collect and to, I mean, they've even had studies where people are actually opening up the Pinterest app inside of Target for, and, and seeing what to buy. And so people aren't scared to buy stuff on Pinterest. And I think advertisers are starting to to kind of clue in on this. And, uh, and it's pretty exciting times, I think. Well, and, and the point you just made about why people are using Pinterest, that's yet another rumor with Instagram that Instagram is going to pull from that playbook um, and create mm -hmm. a situation where as a brand, you can pin your shoppable posts uh, in a, a public way where people can see all of that and interact and share those kind of repin type of situation. So I, yeah, I, I think it's very exciting. And I have used Pinterest for years and years as one of my top search engines because you do find such a wealth of information, but very different information because of how people are actually using the platform. So as they continue to expand upon that, I I just see all positive signs, you know, for those of us that have invested in the platform, for those of us that have been spending time really understanding how do I position my content over there? How do I share content over there? So I think it's a great time, too, for people that haven't taken the time to figure that out to really jump on board. Mm -hmm. oh, and I think the, the competitive stuff of like, the, you know, it used to be Pinterest had the one stop shopping cart and they moved away from that. Um, when they had the shoppable pins and now it's product pins. Well, now Instagram is saying, hey, I want to really reduce friction. I want to have this so they can just do it right inside the app. I have a feeling Pinterest is going to come back to something like that because the least amount of friction, the better. And um, I love it when two companies are kind of pitted together against each other to see what will happen, to see, you know, the competition. And, uh, you know, Pinterest is kind of the underdog compared to Instagram, but I think they can do some pretty cool stuff. Well, if you haven't already considered Instagram for your digital marketing, now is the time. So that's right. That's right. Absolutely. 
So with that, that is our show. Thank you so much for letting me come on here today. Um, and Re- Rebecca, before uh, we start wrapping things up, can you tell everybody where the best place is for them to find you? You've been an awesome uh, guest today or host or whatever we're going to call you. you did awesome, so. First of all, I am amazed we got through all of that. There was know, so much <laughs> new right. information. Oh my gosh. Instagram is really quite amazing to me right now, just how how many feature rollouts we've got and trying to keep up with it. I'm so grateful to you guys that you're doing this show <laughs> to keep us in the know. <laughs> Absolutely. So Absolutely. if people, if people want to find me, you can find me on my website, RebeccaRadice.com or over on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the socials at Rebecca Radice. And I am also over on Tailwind and I'm talking a lot about Instagram. Um, uh, just recently, like I said, wrote a post about Instagram video sizes and dimensions. I cannot believe how many sizes there are if you're sharing, whether it's a video or an image that we have to know as a business or a brand. So you can certainly check that out. But, uh, yeah, thanks again for having me here. This was fun. Thank you for being on. We really appreciate this. This was such a fun conversation. I I mean, Instagram is exciting anyway, but like this is, this was really great. You've given us a lot to, uh, (laughs) I I, I put my phone in the other room so I wouldn't be on Instagram while I was on (laughs) Instagram. I actually considered, I had my phone right here, (laughs) kind of showing people how these new features work because it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, then I might start shopping again. Yeah, hit oh that God, button and I'll see you charged. Grace has like, gone bye bye. Oh, oops, I just accidentally hit that checkout button and bought those glasses. Yeah. <laughs> so reminding everybody, you can find more details, links, and notes on everything discussed on today's episode on our social media marketing talk show recap. It publishes on Saturdays at Social Media Examiner at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. Special thanks to Grace Duffy, our show producer and co-host. She did an awesome job. (laughs) Thank you, Jeff, for being an excellent host today, filling in for Eric. And thank you for also handling the simulcast while also being on the show. We don't know how he does it. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe it's magic. My vote it's is magic. magic. A little bit I of all of the above. You're an amazing right. juggler. Yeah, my my really beard did. is actually hooking buttons behind the scenes. It's moving around. Ah, so you got it. Yes. And, and Rebecca, thanks again for being on the show. Awesome stuff as always. You want to check out our weekly show calendar at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. You can find the audio podcast of the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher with new episodes that are publishing every Monday. And if you happen to miss the great social media marketing world that we just had, you can get your virtual ticket at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash virtual19. That's socialmediaexaminer.com virtual19. And also, one more thing. Don't forget about the tweet chat that we have every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific at SME Chat, where there's insightful conversations about all these recent social media news. And our Alexa briefing that Grace does every week. Awesome stuff. Breaking the news. Make sure you, I hope she doesn't talk to me, but make sure you go check that out uh, as well at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash Alexa to enable the skill. Share this out with us, with everybody. And thank you so much for being with us today. Hope you guys have a great, a great weekend. We will see you next time. Bye now. Bye. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.